Welcome to Data Driven Recruiting. In this podcast, we talk about strategies and techniques for leveraging objective talent data to improve hiring processes. Welcome back to Data Driven Recruiting. I'm your host, Sophia, and today we have a special guest, Chris Minion, Global Head Talent Acquisition Process and Innovation at Wayfair. Hello, Chris. Hi, Sophia. Thank you for inviting me onto the podcast. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. Um, for our uh, listeners, could you introduce yourself briefly? Sure. So, um, so Chris Manny and I have been at Wayfair for almost five years, uh, joining straight from business school. Previous career was um, was very much outside of talent. I was a aerospace engineer in the UK's Royal Navy for seven years, um, but have been in the talent space for about three years at Wayfair, moving over from the supply chain world um, three years ago. Initially, I ran the uh, the campus and early career hiring team, uh, run that for about a year. And then for the last uh, year and a half to two years, uh, I've been building out this talent acquisition process and innovation team, uh, really focused on uh, bringing more analytics operations um, and improvements and innovation to the recruiting space uh, as we have continued to scale the organization. Yeah. So so I've heard kind of uh, this type of a team in different names, like some call it people analytics group um, or people operations group and so on. I guess uh, what, what was, I guess uh, what started um, you to think about like, you know, we needed this team. Like what was the main, I guess, the needs that you observed? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And what we're facing is that the organization was scaling very quickly. We had thousands of hires to make and the uh, natural way to increase the the, uh, the hiring velocity was to bring in more recruiters to the organization. Mm. And so we'd scaled the team um, quite a lot, but what we'd found is that as the team size increased, the actual hiring efficiency went down over time. And even though we invested in a number of different platforms and tools and, um, and resources in order to help improve efficiency and deliver hires more quickly, we, uh, we couldn't quite get on top of the, um, the kind of the demand that the business was, was facing. And so, um, I was asked about two years ago to start to look into uh, this problem, um, very quickly identified this to be more of an operations problem. And so uh, was able to kind of pull together a few different kind of operational teams to then start applying more of an analytical lens, um, more, more on the kind of operations and end-to-end candidate flow side uh, to try and understand what was going on here and why we were seeing inefficiencies creeping into the system and then ultimately to solve those problems. I see. Yeah. So, um, what, I guess, uh, did you find a solution? We're, we're, we're still working on it. I, I think um, we, we have uh, made a huge, uh, huge step change in improvement um, over the course of the last, especially the last 12 months. Um, but we, we really see this as being an ongoing um, efficiency uh, project where wow. we're bringing analytics to uh, ensure that we're continuing to make good evidence-based uh, hiring decisions but really thinking from the candidate experience and candidate flow perspective mm-hmm. to try and make sure that uh, as we're increasing our hiring and um, you know the, the needs of the business change over time, that we're uh, proactive and responsive to those needs. Um, and in order to do that, we can't really rest on the laurels or really um, 
be satisfied with what we've already done. It's going to be a continuous continuous process. I will say right. the initial areas we sought to to tackle um, have improved very substantially, which mm -hmm. were those in um, in time to hire. So the the time a candidate will um, will spend going from application through to actually being a wayfarer in the office, mm -hmm. um, the cost per hire, so the amount of money that we spend to make each hire, and then quality of hire as well as we think through what are the key traits that make someone successful at wayfarer, and how can we move those traits earlier in the cycle to make sure that we're assessing um, the right candidates and making sure that we we create a good fit for both candidate and, and hiring team. Um, so those have come along uh, quite substantially, but we're, uh, we're still working on it and we, uh, we're never really done with the uh, the improvements. So I'm pretty excited yeah. to see what we can achieve this year and next. Yeah. And then, and then as you mentioned, it's a, a continuous pursuit. And then also there's a new business, you know, challenges as you grow. So there is more more things to work on. Um, you kind of already touched upon some of the key metrics, which I was going to ask you about, because um, as the very analytical driven team, I was wondering what are some key metrics that you focus on. And one thing that kind of really um, is a, I what, what I hear from a lot of people is sometimes the definitions or how we measure certain metrics are not necessarily well defined even within the same organization so um could you share a little bit more about you know what those metrics mean um at wayfair and to your team and how do you define those of course yeah so um so as we were designing and building the team we wanted to make sure that the, the metrics that we had were visible to everyone um actionable at an individual level and uh, but also aspirational enough that we're actually going to have to change the way that we we, we did our day-to-day -day recruiting. And so the, the framework we used was the, the objectives, key results, the OKR framework. Um, and we set that very early on. And um, the, the headline metric that the recruiting team was using was um, number of hires per recruiter per month is kind of a baseline to understand you know, how, how efficient are we as an organization. Mm. But what we realized is that um, they, they were great for a you know, purely numbers-based um, metric what we wanted to do is actually get into the weeds of are we actually hiring the right people and um, mm. are we satisfying our stakeholders and we, we consider our stakeholders to be candidates that are coming through we want everyone to have a great experience the hiring managers who we're uh, working with to, to make sure that we're building teams effectively for them and then actually the senior leaders across the organization so that they feel comfortable that when they work with the recruiting organization, they're actually going to get a really, really solid service and a very thoughtful consultative approach um, as we're, we're kind of interacting day to day. And so just taking the, the kind of big picture, that big vision, mm -hmm. I tried to break it down into individual metrics. And we came with, with a few of them and the, the kind of the core ones where there was like time, cost, quality, you know, time to fill or time to hire, cost for hire, quality of hire, um, in terms of building an efficient recruiting organization. Um, but we also had to make sure that the recruiters were um, advancing in their careers and were happy with uh, their day-to-day their -day work, um, knowing that that's, that's like a, a fundamental driver of, of making sure we make good hires. So mm -hmm. we used our internal employee uh, net promoter score as a way to measure satisfaction in the role and then actually favorability scores within those. Um, so we said that was one of our key results. Uh, we used the same metric, the, the NPS, to measure hiring manager satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And then we were able to tie that back to individual recruiting activity to understand if people in the organization were happy with their experience, 
why were they happy? And likewise, if they weren't, is there anything we could do to improve? And so that, that gave us that lens to look at. Um, considering on the MPS, we use the candidate MPS as well to look at the, uh, the end-to-end process and try and match back an experience that a candidate has based on the survey that they, they give us to their individual activity within the system and just trying to understand what are we doing as a as an organization that either yeah. um, hurts or helps our, our experience, knowing that good experience is going to lead to better quality hires not just in the short term, but over the long run as people talk about their great experience that they have with Wayfair. And so they, they were some of the, the kind of headline metrics. Um, yeah. But what's important is, is not necessarily the the metric and whether it's going up or down, but kind of the key drivers and the second and third order effects that are actually causing those metrics to change. And so the team, as, as it currently stands, is actually built to address not necessarily the top line metrics, but the, the fundamental um, contributors that are driving those. And that's really what we're working on right now. And um, so things like looking at the uh, individual recruiter performance uh, as a way to um, identify what good performance looks like um, so that yeah. we can improve our training offerings for our recruiting teams so that we can upskill our recruiters, see them advance further in their career, um, but also contribute more to the kind of key results that we believe are important as a recruiting organization. So there's actually quite a lot going on. Um, and we are very much like a, an operations function supporting the recruiting organization, but data comes first. And the initial, the initial um, work that we had to do to get to the place where we are now, where we can actually roll out a lot of these innovations was really to just get our data in a, in a clean spot and, um, and believable enough that we can take action based on what we're seeing in the data and mm-hmm. really believe that that's going to lead to the positive results that we would like. Yeah. And uh, one thing I'm also interested in hearing about, as you, as you mentioned, it's kind of like the operations organization uh, for the talent team. And, you know, you mentioned that you had some operations experience. And I'm curious how you were able to bring some of the, you know, lessons that you learned as an operational professional into here and also how you um, how you formed the team when you were starting this team, uh, maybe it could have changed over the last 18 months you've uh, run the team, but like, what were some key skills that you were looking to ensure that your team has to be able to properly run this, um, achieve these goals? Yeah. yeah it, it's a great question because as we were building the team and as I was scoping out what the team should look like, um, I actually couldn't find any analogs in, in other industries. And I did connect with some of some of my peers across the kind of recruiting and, and talent space. Um, but no one had quite done exactly what we wanted to do. So we really were, were starting from scratch. And um, the way that we, we approached it or the way that we were kind of looking at scoping the team was to think about it as a kind of an, an operational analytics team Mm-hmm. focus on continuous improvement. So um, I was very much biased towards my engineering and operations background and really thought about the the problem being a, a process flow where we were looking at individual candidates coming through our recruiting system and trying to understand where were the bottlenecks in the system and, and what was causing those bottlenecks. Um, mm-hmm. And this was exactly what we uh, have been doing for many years in the operations team. So as we look at our order to delivery flow, um, if you place an order on the Wayfair website, we, we track that order all the way from that buy now click all the way to the scan that means it's been delivered at your front door and then follow up with any customer service um, touch points that you have. And everything's tied back to you as a customer. And mm-hmm. what that means that we can do is really understand what's driving good behavior 
um, from, from our side that delivers a really great um, game-changing experience. And so we took the same lens to the recruiting function and said, okay, well, what makes a really good candidate experience that mm. leads to really great hires? Um, and really breaking down all of our candidate flow into those kind of um, processes uh, and supported by data allowed us to then see end-to-end -end what was happening with, with candidates. And once we've identified that, and I was actually the within the first three months of, of building the team, I was quickly able to identify where we needed additional support. Mm -hmm. And the, the majority of it was really in um, connecting the, or bridging the, the, the gaps between different systems. So if you think when a candidate applies, we want to make sure that they're applying to the right role that is the best fit for them. Um, once they get transferred over to a, to a recruiter, we want to make sure that the recruiter knows that um, that candidate is in the system and um, and it is kind of flagged for follow-up. Um, we have a handover from recruiter to, to coordinators. And so all these kind of handover points and, and checkpoints are opportunities for someone to fall through the cracks. Yeah. And what we really wanted to do was make sure that um, that, that whole process end-to-end -end was, was really, um, really seamless. And so bringing that operations theory, the theory of flow and constraints and thinking through our end-to-end -end recruiting system is more of like a, a supply chain or an assembly line um, where we wanted zero defects and we wanted it to be high quality. Um, we, we were able to apply an existing framework in, in a new way um, and then really use data to identify where, where those um, failures were happening in the system and then actually build teams or build initiatives or build projects around that. And a good example, one of the first projects we actually launched was um, looking at, at one of our um, one of our channels was to was to uh, increase the number of product manager hires and anywhere in the tech industry product is a, a role which is in very high demand and that's certainly the case at Wayfair and as we were looking at the um, the product management pipeline from a candidate perspective and um, we really started at the you know the, the jobs page so if I'm a candidate applying for a product management role mm -hmm. what do I see and I go into the website and I see 70 different product manager roles uh, and each one is, is a little bit different. Um, but then from the lens of knowing what happens in the recruiting, um, on the back end on the recruiting side, we know that certain, certain of those recs are close to being finished because the, ca the candidates in their final stages are pretty strong and we know someone's going to go to offer and we know yeah. someone's, someone's going to hire. Some of them have just started, some of them are high priority, some of them are low priority. Um, and actually many of them are, are similar enough that um, asking a candidate to self-select into which mm. they are the best fit for is potentially not setting them up successfully. So actually what we did, we ran an experiment and we said, okay, if we just get rid of these 70 recs and just have four and actually have the recruiters match a candidate to, to a, a, an open rec based on what we know the hiring manager is looking for and based on the experience of the recruiter who knows what a good candidate looks like, can we actually improve that? application to hire ratio can we move people through the system faster and can we actually you know increase hires per month um in, in a time of year that we actually would normally expect to see them, them go down and what we found is we, we had about a 50 percent increase in in hires per recruiter um, wow. by, by adopting this process and we actually found it was actually less work for recruiters to do because um they were really able to almost source from these candidate pools of mm. candidates who'd self-selected in based on experience level, instead of having to filter or transfer candidates across because the the um, the profile is not quite right. And so um, that, that was kind of an example of really just taking the the candidate perspective using a an experimental approach. 
coming up with a hypothesis and testing that hypothesis. And then um, once we found out that that was the case, we then applied that to other requisitions or other, other profiles. Um, and really that, that kind of kickstarted a lot of the early stage initi initiatives that we, we have launched. Great. And I mean, having such a, a very like powerful improvement and impact would definitely also get a lot of uh, stakeholders to also buy into this process and wanting to do more. Um, kind of also kind of get into that a little bit further. You know, whenever we, you know, however much people are, um, the, the company culture is open to the change and trying out new things, like changes are difficult. Right, it's it's you know your your the inertia is there, and then you're turning things in a different way. Um, how do you? How did you? I guess um, introduce this uh, uh, talent process and innovation team into the overall uh, talent function, and I guess and also set us the stage. Like how many recruiters were there when you were trying to actually introduce the function, and how did you make sure that it can be a smooth change as possible yeah yeah so it, it's a great question i think you, you're right that you, you really have to have the culture of uh, innovation already already present within an organization and um, we're, we're quite fortunate that we had that but we also um you know we have a whole team we have hundreds of recruiters who are uh, you know incredibly busy and so um what we were saying is hey we're, we're actually going to start looking at what you're doing and, and point out ways for improvement bearing in mind that that i and actually most people on on my my team don't actually come from recruiting backgrounds. And so we're kind of, you know, engineers, supply chain people, we, we have people from kind of different like con consulting backgrounds who are looking at the recruiting process and offering suggestions for ways to improve it. Um, so I think being being very delicate in, in how we, we kind of approach that it was really important. But um, again, looking at it from the lens of the, the kind of customer, the stakeholder, um, we went there to, QA, the, the recruiting organization, we're there to help improve efficiency, ultimately to help the recruiting function as a whole get more hires per person. Um, and the way that we were looking to do that and the way that we communicated and still, still do is by removing low value work from individual recruiters. So mm. um, really looking at the, the individual recruiting activity that everyone has to do. Um, if you can take away some of the things that they have to do that they don't like or that should be automated or that should be centralized, and leave recruiters to to recruit. Um, you actually solve a lot of different problems. You like recruiters are happier because they're spending less time clicking buttons or pulling together presentation decks or running analysis when they don't have clean access to data. So if we can solve those problems, the recruiters are happier. They're spending more time recruiting and less time not recruiting, so that they hire more people. Um, and the hiring managers are much happier because they're seeing exactly what they need. And um, because there's a support team really acting as as a go between. And so over the course of the, the year when we launched and, and you know, since then, um, we've really tried to stick to that framework where we're, we're not there to tell people what to do. We're there to remove obstacles um, using data and using operations theory and, and process improvement, um, but ultimately to help them become better recruiters. And so that lens has, has really helped us to get a lot of buy-in. Um, with some of the, the kind of the bigger projects where we had to work more closely with senior stakeholders in the business and senior hiring managers, um, starting from a, a, a place where we have a strong, um, strong belief based on what we're seeing in the data that we can see an improvement um, mm -hmm. has been, been incredibly helpful. So um, going into um, the product management um, example that, that I shared, 
we were looking at the the month over month product management hiring, and we were able to like really tie some of the activity to this hypothesis that um, candidates don't know which which role to select, and recruiters then are spending a lot more time managing candidates as opposed to focusing on recruiting and putting the right candidates into the right hiring manager pro- profiles. Um, so by providing that data, by uh, partnering with the recruiting organization and by getting early buy-in with the, the senior stakeholders on the, on the business side, we're actually able to collaboratively come together and say, okay, this is this makes sense. This is the right solution. And we're only going to try this for about six weeks. And so if it doesn't work, like you, you're not really hiring a lot of people at this time of year anyway. So um, worst case, maybe you hire one fewer person, but best case, we come up with a whole new way to hire. And so next year you can make a lot more hires that's going to be you know, help you to grow the teams much more effectively. So um, it's definitely not a an easy kind of like one trick solution. Um, yeah. But I think by taking that kind of customer or stakeholder lens, bringing data to the uh, to the table, and then um, being responsive to the needs of, of different people, I think we've been able to uh, create a lot, a lot of new innovations that are really helping the organization. Yeah. And I mean, you know, so it sounds like there was a lot of... Uh, also thoughtful thinking behind, you know, how do we reduce the risk if the experiment doesn't work well, and then also make sure the um, you can align stakeholders' goals with your team's goals. So that's, I mean, that's a it's a treasure trove. Like the that's the wish list that you know all the teams want to get to. Um, and I, I mean, you also mentioned the automation and kind of a centralizing some of the data as well. So. You know, I think that one of the interesting things in this whole uh, talent um, process innovation, as well as like the analytics side is, it is, is pretty similar to how sales operations or marketing operations team kind of uh, evolved over time. And we are seeing similar things in this like, you know, recruiting operations or just overall people operations and automation, the, the, the I guess the availability of automation um, tools as well as data have, I think, really facilitated that as well. So I'm really excited to see how this evolves. I guess for you, what is what are you looking for your team to be able to do in the next, you know, couple of years? Like, where do you want to take your team from um, here to the next? Yeah, so the, the the big vision is, and ultimately we want to we want to work ourselves out of a job because hopefully in the long run there's no need for for a team to be constantly innovating because the innovation is, is part of the culture and it it is very much a wayfair. But you're right, we we did borrow a lot from you know the sales operations teams that we have. Um, mm-hmm. We have a, a, a wonderful marketing department and they already have a lot of support infrastructure and on our e-commerce side as well. Um, there are a bunch of teams that essentially do the same thing that we're doing, just with a an outward facing lens, whereas we're looking very in, in, inward at the, the talent acquisition organization. So I was actually able to borrow um, you know, some of the frameworks and, and some of the uh, kind of team structure um, templates from, from those teams. But really, as we look forward, we can't necessarily follow the same model they, they followed because what we're trying to do is a little bit differently. And we think about what we're trying to do as, as an organization with, as a talent acquisition organization is build the best teams and the best teams for the organization as a whole in order to solve the problem that the, ultimately the customer is facing when they go to Wayfair and want to buy some, some furniture or some home goods. So as we think that, think about the long-term vision, um, we're trying to think what are all the steps in the process that a 
leader in the business has to go through when they're trying to build a team to mm-hmm. solve a problem that they're that they need to solve and how can we reduce the amount of steps that they have to go through or make make those steps a little more seamless so when a problem arises we can kind of instantly have the solution for them whether that solution is um, you know a, a new hire or you know a new leader to come in with a new team whether it's a kind of a, a contractor or a, a contracting organization that they can engage with whether it's a new tool or technology that you know, just solves their problem for for them, um, we should be able to kind of instantly respond. So the vision is to be able to almost predict the future, um, which seems silly to think of right now, but as we think about you know, the growth in different areas of the business, we can see very early on where, where the business is growing. And what we're starting to work on now is linking that growth in the business back to expected growth in needs for hiring, um, which then ties back to expected growth in needs of the talent acquisition team um, and so we're trying to think, how do we best support that by ensuring we have the right systems in place in terms of making sure that we hire, hire new recruiters as early as possible, that they have a really great onboarding experience that allows them to go straight into their role and actually start delivering against the needs of the business. Um, and, and really moving away from making hiring more efficient to really building teams more effectively, um, which will require a whole bunch of different um, kind of data-driven approaches um, really focused around are we hiring the right person and and when should we hire them and you know what is the right approach to to kind of get that person into the organization so um a lot of a lot of really exciting things to come a little ambiguous um because we're going to continue with this test and learn approach where you know, we have a hypothesis we're going to test it we're going to get some information and then um we're either going to kill the idea or we're going to grow it and expand it into into uh into new areas so uh, it's a pretty exciting time um and we are uh, we're just in a situation now where we spent 12 months building out the uh, the data infrastructure, building out the, the tools to provide more self-service capabilities and really just getting a, a handle on um, on what we don't know. So mm-hmm. so we're, we're at this point now where we're going to reach an inflection point and start to launch a whole bunch of new initiatives that are really going to help the business leaders in the organization to build their teams more effectively. Yeah, great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today again. Um, it has been really interesting to hear about your experience and and how you approached in building this team and like you know growing this team this is a fascinating topic thank you thanks Sophia it's been a a pleasure and privilege to get to talk about this yeah and um thank you for listeners as well um for joining today and for more tips and insights on data-driven recruiting please visit ddr.codesignal.com we'll see you next time